Hello, and welcome to McGuire Woods Edible Bites, where we bring you bite-sized updates on all things happening in the life sciences space, including cannabis, hemp, CBD, and other emerging markets. Our updates are quick and packed with key industry developments that you can watch during your morning coffee, while having lunch, or on a brain break. We're excited to discuss today's food for thought. Let's get noodling. Please remember that Edible Bites podcast is for informational food for thought purposes only. These updates should not be construed as legal advice in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Please be sure to consult with an attorney before being fearless with any legal decisions. In addition, we note marijuana and other controlled substances are classified as Schedule 1 by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency. Any content contained or discussed herein is not intended to provide legal advice to assist with the violation of any state or federal law. Hi, and welcome to another edition of McGuire Woods Edible Bites. I'm Kate Hardy, and I am joined today by my trusty co-host, Royce Dubonet. And we're also lucky enough today to be joined by another one of our colleagues who works quite a bit with us in the cannabis space, Janice Suhita. Hopefully I got that right for you, Janice. Uh, <laughs> she is joining us today. We are going to talk about emerging issues in cannabis privacy. Uh, not something I feel like is talked about a whole lot, but an important issue to be thinking about whether you're just on the medical side of cannabis or if you're in medical and adult use cannabis, there's lots of different things you should be thinking about. So we're very lucky to have Janice with us today. And Janice, thank you. And I'm going to let you just quickly introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us about you, your practice. Uh, don't forget to, I, you'll tell us about this, but you are a uh, privacy expert and you actually have your own uh, webcast that folks can go and watch as well to learn more about privacy issues. But welcome Janice. And Tell everybody a little bit about yourself before we dive in. Great. I would love to. Thank you for having me on Edible Bites. I'm excited to talk about uh, cannabis privacy because you're right. There's lots to talk about. Um, I am a partner in the healthcare team of McGuire Woods, and I'm one of the co-leads of our digital health practice. And our digital health practice focuses, obviously, a lot on HIPAA data privacy for medical device companies, for large hospital systems. Um, I specialize in telehealth, uh, helping companies develop their uh, telehealth platform, devise privacy programs for um, a, either large or small telehealth platforms, and all things privacy and data related in regards to uh, healthcare companies and biotechnology companies. So I'm just so excited to be here. And I do have my Health um, Plus Tech you for podcast. Yeah. Yep. So everyone yeah, tune in to I, our there, there is there's a link at the bottom of this slide and folks can go there if they want to look up all of your podcast and the various topics that you've got there. Great. All right. So let's dive in. Today, we've got this slide up and we are going to cover 
all of these fun topics with respect to privacy in the cannabis space. And we're going to break these down one at a time, talk about the various issues and what folks should be thinking about from a privacy perspective. So it is a complex landscape, like we said. Let's start just kind of high level, Janice, if you could walk us through, you know, everybody knows HIPAA, we kind of understand how that fits in the healthcare side for medical providers, hospitals, et cetera. Um, let's just start with an overview, overview of HIPAA and sort of how the federal regulations kind of overlay or in a, interplay a little bit when we're talking about the cannabis space. So I think um, obviously a good way to think about cannabis is we have cannabis for medical use and cannabis for adult use for consumers. And both of those different uses of cannabis come into play with different um, regulations in regards to state privacy laws, consumer protection laws. But to start out with, most common is medical use for cannabis. And anytime you have medical use for cannabis, you're going to have HIPAA to come into play because you're going to have protected health information involved. So any type of cannabis business that is involved with medical use, as medical use uh, patients come in to their dispensary or to their business, obviously they're going to need a HIPAA compliance program. You're going to want to make sure that you have the appropriate protections the appropriate program and the appropriate uh, safeguards for any type of PHI that you're receiving from your customers or your medical use patients, that it is protected as per the HIPAA standard. Janice, can we, look, can we unpack that just a mm -hmm. little bit? So on the medical <laughs> side for cannabis, you generally need some sort of referral from a doctor who's allowed to prescribe to actually get over to the medical cannabis in the first place. But the, the dispensary itself isn't a covered entity that's submitting claims for health insurance at this point in life. But to your point, they are still obtaining protected health information names, you know, addresses, social security numbers maybe. So how does how do those things kind of work together? Can you can you unpack that a little bit? Yep, and that's a really good way to think about it because you're right. You as a dis dispensary are not per se a covered entity, but you'll want to look at it that you are still going to be going to be receiving protected health information from your customers. So you are still going to have even if you're not a covered entity, you're still going to be expected and you will have the responsibility to maintain the confidentiality of your medical users. And that confidentiality, one, you're going to have to keep it safe under state privacy laws and consumer protection laws, which we'll talk about. But I think because you will be in certain instances getting protected health information, we're always advising our clients to go ahead and keep everything safe and confidential per a HIPAA standard. It's just one way to be risk adverse, one way to protect yourself, mitigate anything, especially in the rise of data breaches for cannabis companies, which, which we're gonna talk about in a few minutes. 
So it's just a best practice to keep that HIPAA standard in place. Yeah, and that's the way I think about it is that's kind of, that's a known sort of way to do things, right? We, we yep. know what to do from the HIPAA perspective. So, it, it, and it's, pro I'm guessing at some point we may get to the point where HIPAA is either expanded or, you know, something similar will be more clear for how to comply. But on the HIPAA side, that's real easy to say, I follow everything that HIPAA requires me to do. So I'm sort of at the tightest level. And mm -hmm. one thing that you mentioned is state laws and state privacy requirements. And I think we've seen in a couple of states, just using the term HIPAA, um, states have said similar things in their laws, like follow HIPAA or it's kind of a HIPAA light situation. Can you talk first a little bit about sort of what states are doing kind of to incorporate HIPAA-esque type things into their requirements. And then from there, you know, there's broader privacy requirements that the sensory should also be thinking about. That's a really good question. And I think why it's challenging and it's challenging for our clients, especially if they have various businesses and interest in different states is that we don't have a federal non-HIPAA privacy law. So every state is different. So every landscape in regards to different jurisdictions is going to be different and that can be really challenging. Obviously, one of the most stringent that everyone knows is the California Consumer Protection Act, which would apply to any type of um, consumer information that you as a dispensary would be um, gathering. So those I would think of California as the top. That's probably the most stringent. Um, many states um, that we are seeing um, with trends are following the California uh, Consumer Protection Act. Florida is going to be enacting one, uh, Virginia. Um, Massachusetts is very unique in their uh, consumer protection laws. One nuance I think is really interesting with Massachusetts is what a lot of people don't think about is they have stringent laws regarding, they consider it if you have a security camera in your business, mm -hmm. they consider the, uh, the, the camera and that data and that film or you know those images that you receive in the security camera that's consumer information. Most people wouldn't even think about that. So if you've got a well, consumer camera in your business, that's one more level. Yeah, go ahead. And well, and that the camera piece of it is really broad because it's not just obviously like the cameras you've got in the dispensary where you have, you know, patients or folks coming in you can have cameras where if you're in a vertical, if you're growing, and then in states, in some states where um, you're transporting product, right, from one place to another, I'm not going to remember which state it is, but there's one state now where they want transporters to have on, uh, like, police body cameras. So oh, wow. that's okay. another yeah. place where yeah. you're, that's, I mean, Massachusetts. you're taking in yeah. all kinds of, is it not, okay, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. So yep. I, I think that's just 
you can't be thinking narrowly at all about all the types of data and privacy considerations that you have if you're in this industry. It's, it's not just the brick and mortar place where folks are walking in and out. It's, you know, where you're growing and you have a camera for security and your transportation camera security. It's, it's everything. Yep. Many, many different layers. Yeah. I think there's also a trend that, that we see amongst the states that are, you know, just getting into the medical side and saying, you know, oh, too, we don't want to come up with a privacy policy, so let's just insert HIPAA in this regulation. I think you'll get to that, but that's another challenge is you'll just see an isolated reference to HIPAA and then, you know, all of the, the baggage that comes with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have seen Illinois, Illinois, Maine, New Jersey, New York, and Washington. They are all looking at enacting the medical cannabis and the adult use cannabis laws. So it's it's spreading, and I think eventually it's going to be in all 50 states. And thinking about that and all of the different places where you could have <laughs> A data breach, and that goes to kind of what you were saying earlier, Janice. Every time yeah. you turn around right now, there's some sort of data breach, and the cannabis industry is not going to be immune to that, particularly as it, it grows. What thoughts do you have about kind of those types of risks and, and data breaches? What, what have you seen, and what should people be thinking about? Yep, and I think... You know, anytime you're dealing with anyone's data, anyone's in information, the more structure and the more um, compliance and a program that you have in place to protect you and your customers and your employees, the easier it's going to be to mitigate risk and to handle a data breach, which I'm telling all of my clients my cannabis clients, my medical provider clients, my medical device clients. I think in this type of um, atmosphere that we're seeing, it's not a matter of if you're going to have a data breach, it's a matter of when you're going to have a data breach. Um, the definition of data breach can rise from just a one-off where one of your employees sends something to the wrong email or the wrong employee gets access to the PHI or information that they shouldn't have to a large ransomware um, situation or a large breach involving thousands and thousands of con consumer information. So whether it's large or small, what we're advising to clients is establish the right policies and procedures and the right protocols. Make sure that everyone knows what to do and, and how to handle it in case there's a breach and how to handle someone's personal information appropriately. So we're advising one, it, look at, yeah, go ahead, Kate. No, no, you finish. Okay. No, no. Yep, I'm on a roll. So think about it this way. I advise clients, one, you're going to want external facing policies. You're going to want to establish the right, and, and this is what most state consumer laws at this point are telling you. Any type of consumer information you have from um, anyone that would come into your business. You need to have the appropriate policies in place to establish the rights of the consumers. Um, you're going to want to look at implementing the appropriate 
privacy policies that correspond with your state's particular type of definition. The challenge is this, if you have a business where, and you're in many different states, you're going to need to adapt those to the different states. Cause it's not like with HIPAA, I'm able to tell my clients, hey, I'll get you up and rolling in a HIPAA compliant program. You're gonna be safe, even if you're in three or four different states because HIPAA is a federal program, it's consistent across the board. Currently with the cannabis, situation and consumer protection, each state is different. So you need to adapt it and develop your program to reflect appropriately the state where you're at. So when you, so I like to tell and, clients, think about it external and then you wanna think about an internal, right? You know, make sure that you've got the appropriate safeguards and training for your employees, making sure that you've got the technical safeguards for keeping the confidential information. In case you've got security, how is the data moving in and out of your business? Things of that nature. Yes, and in the cannabis space, there's a lot of training that has to go on anyway, but this is definitely <laughs> one that folks don't want to put lower on the scale for all the reasons that you just said. And then for the medical cannabis, I mean, I, I do feel like that potentially if there's a breach is maybe somewhat more sensitive information because people are getting the cannabis for a medical condition. So you can almost think about it the same way, like would I really want my doctor's records, you know, out there in a breach? No, we've had a million of those and it's a problem. And it's not that dissimilar, particularly for medical cannabis. And then in the adult space, it's still your, your private consumer information that you want to be making sure you're holding on to. And that's, that's how I think about it. Yeah. Because people for cannabis, they're coming in usually for some type of serious illness, a long-term illness, something that they may be very sensitive about. And like you said, they just don't want anyone to be made aware of. So you have to be very sensitive to that and keeping it private and having the appropriate uh, safeguards and protocols in place to keep that information safe. Yep. For, so for all those dispensaries out there where you've got your compliance officer who's monitoring all the changes in the laws <laughs> and everything else just related to running the, the business, you really should be paying attention to all of the state laws um, that are changing or coming into place as well. In addition to monitoring uh, what's happening at the federal level in case there are any changes there. I mean, Royce, what, what do you, what do you see as being potential issues with the privacy and the consumer data? You're in a state where it's all legal. So <laughs> um. I, I think that there's so many other, this is important, but it's like, if you're a dispensary, it's something you should definitely consider, but your main focus is on diversion and your main focus is on compliance with the cannabis product. And those are the things that can get you in orange jumpsuit territory really quickly. Um, privacy, yeah, you can maybe get there and it's a big pain and it's a hassle, but 
as a cannabis dispensary, your your main focus is on the illegality that will will land you in jail. But I, I think that they need to be mindful of this. And I think they also need to be lobbying in this direction and focusing on getting the states to really define more clearly what they want in this area. It's not just enough to develop uh, a medical marijuana regulation or a law, but the data privacy aspects and the HIPAA aspects, you know, for patient health information, um, for protected health information need to go along with that law. And that's, that's generally what we see a lack of when new cannabis regulations come into effect, either adult use or medical use, the states, the lawmakers in the states don't think about these other segments that need to be considered. And there's been in the news, there's been some cannabis dispensaries that have gotten uh, dinged for more of just the general state privacy uh, law compliance for, you know, sending text messages or other things as reminders to folks. So I, I feel like that's something that maybe is, you know, more familiar, but the deeper aspect of really thinking through all of the data that you have, where do you have it? Like we said, security cameras, where are they? It's, you know, you need to be thinking very broadly about privacy and not you know, quite so narrow as it might initially seem, I think sometimes when you're just putting together you know, cannabis businesses and, and privacy. I think it's also a sensitive subject because you know, it's not like ordering you know, from Grubhub or something like that where, you know, yes, you don't want your data out there in the wild. Um, but, you know, whether or not you ordered a, a Chipotle burrito is one thing versus I haven't disclosed to anyone that I'm a medical marijuana user or a, you know, adult use m marijuana user. And now my data is out there and the whole world knows that I, you know, enjoy cannabis just because it's legal in the state doesn't mean that the stigma has largely dissipated. And that's true. And then we have other videos where we've talked about uh, implications if you're a federal employee. I mean, there, there's all kinds of things also as well yep. with <laughs> using cannabis, whether it's medical or adult and, you know, your job clearance and other labor and employment issues. So uh, it is a, it is a broader um, issue there as well. And so Janice, can talk to us a little bit about, um, I know you kind of touched on it, but just creating privacy programs. Um, to me, this might seem a little bit daunting if I'm out there and I'm listening to this, I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> uh, what are you telling me I gotta do now? Can, can you just, you know, how do you think about starting these types of things? Uh, let us know your thoughts on that. Yeah, and I think that's a really good question. And I think you're right. So many things. Well, holy cow, how am I going to start a privacy compliance program? I, I have no idea. It's not that complicated in the sense of breaking it down into, into different areas. You want to look at where could, okay, I'm getting consumer information, I'm getting medical information, how am I going to protect that and where it, where is my business at risk for having that information leak? 
Um, you can get a data breach all the way from an employee leaving a laptop in the car and getting it stolen all the way to a malicious hack. You know, just someone hacks in. We, you know, we get viruses all the time. Someone clicks on a phishing email and then all of your data is exposed and compromised. Um, when you're looking at that, when for a medical cannabis, what I would do with, with clients is just go in and do a uh, HIPAA program, adapt, look at it, adapt a HIPAA compliance program to meet their specific needs to adapt to the specific size of the business, how many different states they're in, how many different sites you have, and just go ahead and develop a HIPAA-like compliance program with appropriate policies, procedures, training your staff. Um, it's really important to train your staff. Don't leave laptops lying around. Um, having the appropriate software so that folks know not to be clicking on fish, phishing emails knowing where to send the um, information, maybe even looking at encrypting the sensitive information, which would always be very helpful. Um, and then in regards to, if you want to start at the very top would be your HIPAA compliance program for, uh, for like just regular adult use dispensaries. We create and adapt a privacy program based upon um, the different needs doesn't have to be as stringent as HIPAA, but you want to make sure that the data is staying secure from a technical and administrative point of view. And then you wanna make sure in regards to your internal policies, making sure that your staff is trained, you have the right vendors, and you have the appropriate safeguards to watch the data flow for the consumer information as it comes in and it comes out. And like Roy said, especially in regards to information that's going beyond just the four walls. If you're, you know, if you're doing it in regards to moving different products and that's gonna have the camera, things of that nature, you're gonna need to adapt your privacy program and your protocols to take all of that into regard and making sure that you're following the different standards of, of your state's privacy law and your consumer protection laws as well. And I think it's even more relevant now during COVID-19 because, you know, in the past, you know, a couple of years ago, the dispensary was the dispensary. You went in there, did your transaction, you had to buy your, your marijuana in the dispensary. And now, you know, at least in Illinois, you have the option to order online, you have the option to pick up, and every time you run card data online, yep. you, you know, input additional information and even the scans at the dispensary of your ID card, that's all data being created in ways that it didn't used to be. Uh, you know, in the past, as cannabis will eventually move to delivery order and maybe one day shipping to the home, each advancement brings more privacy considerations and concerns uh, as cannabis grows and becomes more available. Yeah, and if you're yeah, looking I, I at that type of thing, Oh, sorry, Kate. I was no, just no. going to say um, we we should also be advising clients when you're looking at that with with vendors and doing data overline. You're going to be negotiating with vendors with software and services of software, and all of that has different privacy concerns 
and different nuances that you should be thinking about and different ramifications that need to be taken in into account. Not just signing a contract or just, you know, it's very complicated. Yeah. Right. Like for example, does your does your vendor store data in the cloud? And if so, yep. what or, kind of, you know, what are they doing? So or even yeah, we, in, in the we US. Definitely seen that before. <laughs> yep. Right. Yeah. Just to backtrack for a second, I am not endorsing shipping marijuana in the mail. Like, please do not take (laughs) cannabis to the post office and ship it. Like, that's not cool anywhere. Like, don't do it. (laughs) Right, you're in trouble. Yeah, but but no, we're not. We're not endorsing. (laughs) Yeah, but. On the adult use side, though, because I think we're also, with the growing markets, doing more advertising and marketing, that gets back to a little bit of, you know, you're clicking, you're, I opted in, I opted out. I mean, to me, I'm not the privacy lawyer. Those things are really complicated. They're different in every state. California being the most stringent, but you cannot forget all of that as well. So we've got the cloud, we've got, you know, marketing to people. We've got just general uh, consumer information. It's a lot of different pieces to put in. Yep. I think of it as three levels. You want to have data breaches and data privacy. You want to make sure for consumer litigation, you you could be exposed to, and then government enforcement actions. So, yep. You want to be careful. All easy things. Janice, anything else we... I feel like we have covered a lot. Any Anything else we have missed that we need to make sure we talk about before we move on to food for thought? I think we've covered everything. It is a lot to cover, but you All know, right. just make sure you got your data protected. <laughs> That's a good takeaway. And you are the, and you are you the expert. <laughs> yeah. All right. So just to wrap up, uh, again, we've covered a lot. We really appreciate everybody listening. Uh, key takeaways, Janice, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to chime in here too, but can't forget federal versus state. Got to be thinking about both of those angles. There's different things to be thinking about for the medical versus adult use. There's some overlap there, but definitely a little bit more sensitivity on the medical side. And at the end of the day, you've got a duty to protect all of that consumer information that you're taking in, no matter what type of dispensary you are. Anything else there that I, I missed or you want to, you want to throw in where you serve Janice? Yeah. I mean, like the other thing I'd say is like, yeah, also think about who your consumer base is. In this industry, you know, these are not people buying, you know, regular items. They're extremely sophisticated. They're younger. They care about data privacy. They care about companies that are going to treat their data appropriately. And you're just dealing with a different caliber of a consumer base. It's not Mm -hmm. just donors or people that, you know, want to eat Cheetos on their, their, you know, couch all day. These are educated young professionals that will pay attention to your privacy policies. 
And I have one more takeaway, and this is something to think about that we touched on for state privacy. So you want to think about just because your business is located in California, you may, and like Roy said, you may be having customers from different states. California and lots of other states, their consumer protection laws require notification to a state attorney general. So even though your business is in California, if you are if you have customers for different states and a breach involves their information from a different state, you have to notify and have notification to those attorney generals in those states. So even so you as a business owner may think I'm not a multi-state business. Yes, you are. If there's going to be a consumer data breach. So all the more reason to be very aware of this and making sure that you brought, you have the appropriate safeguards in place. And we can help you. Great point. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Well, Janice, thank you so much for coming on with us. Um, really, really interesting stuff. I'm sure there'll be more for us to talk about in the future. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. And until next time, everybody can noodle on that. Thanks.